Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Today we have Will Smith back on the show, and we're going to be talking about different multitudes of topics. We're going to talk a little bit about baseball, a little bit about NFL, brief, and then we're going to jump into the Masters and the NBA. Will, it's glad to have you back on the show. Yeah, man, glad to be back. Looking forward to some more uh, topics, some more dis- discussions, and uh, getting another episode in. Definitely, man. So, where do you want to start, man? Let's go with MLB. You know, first week of the season been pretty exciting so far. You know, I'm a Reds fan, so seeing them three and one's pretty surprise. I like the pace of play this year, so I thought we'd chat a little bit about the new rules. The pace of play is great. You know, I feel like I can actually sit down and watch a whole game, and it doesn't feel like it's taking forever. Like, I don't lose concentration. You know, having the pitch clock and having the shifts eliminated really sped up the game. It actually makes it very interesting, which. I, you know, what is it down to like two hours and 30 some minutes now for a game? It feels like it goes quicker than that. Yeah. And I'm just glad they added it into the sport because I think it's, the fact is they're just trying to draw more attention to it. I like the disengagement rules. I like you going to pick off twice. It's just so much different strategy that goes into play. Stolen bases are up. I'm sure defensive catchers don't like it, but watching it as a fan, seeing stolen bases, it's just fun to watch. Yeah, man, I mean, it's just, the game's the game's been fun. I mean, going into opening weekend, I was, I picked a couple people on the countdown, or a couple teams on the countdown to be surprised this year, obviously the Reds being one of them, and they played well. I mean, they played well, three and one record, dominating the division, and I'm hoping they can remain in that spot. I'm definitely hoping they can take the top two, top two spot. Now, will it end up being that way? We got 150 some games left, but it might. It really might. It might be a different year. Yeah, I like what they're doing this year. You got, you know, with Hunter Green, Lodola, Ashcraft. That's three good pitchers. They're young, but they're good pitchers. They stay healthy. They got Luke Weaver. When he comes off the IL, he's going to be a decent four, and then just you know rolling with a rough five, but. This year's team feels different because you don't have Mike Moustakas taking a spot up or some older guy taking a spot. Like at least now, these are young guys wanting to play. They may not make it past this year, but they're going to be fun to watch, and then we'll at least know at the end of the year if they're worth keeping or not. You know, out of all the teams right now that you've seen, what team is surprising to you? Like, what is what team is doing bad that you thought would do a lot better just off the rip? Someone doing real bad that I actually thought would do better, probably the Mets. I know Verlander went on the IL last second, start of the season. They're just not looking good offensively. Lindor's struggling. Scherzer had a decent game, but the pitching's a bit rocked outside of that. I just Some team, I thought they were going to be great, and it doesn't make sense why they're not right now. This might be a weird one, but I picked the Orioles. Bullpen. And their bullpen, and the fact that they blew a game on Boston that they had easily. Like, the left fielder drops the ball, and Adam Duvall hits a home run, in which they just didn't recover in the Boston series after that. And then they go on to play the Rangers, and they you know, win one game against the Rangers, but I expected them to be, honestly, better than the Rays right now. I expected them to be better than Boston, and we both didn't expect Toronto to be where they're at, but... To be 2-2 two and two, it, it's just a little bit of shocking to me. I thought they could win all of their opening games. So what about the Rays, man? They never look like a good team on paper, and they just win. Their pitching staff is just lights out. Well, even on the fact that 
I think as of right now, you know, starting opening day, I think they're playing a weaker team, so to speak. So the Tigers, we know, are a requisite of talent. They don't have the talent to you know, compete in the long run. And I think the Rays have better talent than they do. And most of their schedule leading up to now is is easy. I mean, think about it. They start with the Tigers. They play the Nationals. They play the Athletics. And the first team they really play that's 500 or better team could be the Red Sox. I mean, we don't know where the Red Sox are going to land up, but that's their first competitive team they're going to play because the Athletics are projected to be the worst team in baseball. Yeah. The Nationals don't have any good talent, and the Tigers don't either. So – they really could win every single game until they hit Boston, which would be the 10th of April. Yeah, that could be the three worst teams in baseball, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Yeah, so they got a really easy schedule right off the rip. Yeah. So I don't know how to feel about the Rays until we see good competition. The best one to talk about that's 4-0, I mean, is the Twins. Now, they played the Royals, who <laughs> they're not very good either. But the Marlins are a little bit more respectable. And they've played the Marlins well. Then they got to play the Astros. So we'll see what the Twins are really made of. I can never trust the Twins. It seems like every year they start off hot. Uh, Byron Buxton starts off like an MVP candidate, which I think he could be if he stays healthy. So never fails a month into the season. He's going to get hurt, and then the whole season falls apart. <clears throat> Carlos Correa is the same way. He always has an injury. Their pitching staff two-fifths of their pitching staff was former Reds, Sonny Gray and Tyler Nolly. They go through injury problems. If they stay healthy, they're scary. That's a good team if they stay healthy. What about the Rangers starting out at 3-1? and one? I mean, beating Philadelphia three times. With the grown pitching horrible. Yeah. So, yeah, that's surprising. And you look at their lineup, and I know you've got Simeon and Corey Seager, but then after that, it's a drop-off. Garcia ain't bad in the outfield. Garcia's not bad. They got that Jung, who's mm-hmm. an up-and-comer. Uh, but other than that, they're not a deep lineup. But they, they're smashing right now. They're hitting real well. They're playing well. The Angels, Angels Angels started playing well. They didn't play well the first day, but they finally got it together. I guess it, it was against the Athletics, but I mean. That's a playoff team, I think. It's tough for that division stuff. The Mariners are going to break out of this long. They're going to be good. And then you got the Astros, who may get the best record in baseball. So, well, two, once Jose Altuve returns, yeah, I mean, I don't think they haven't looked good without him as of as of the moment you know starting out the season. He's the leader of that team. Mm-hmm. He's been there forever. I mean, he's still only early to mid thirties, but he's been there ten years. Seems like so. And then, you know, we talked about the NL East. Other than you know, we talked about the Mets. The Braves look good. We I think we both expected the Braves look to look pretty good. And from the rest of the division outside of Philadelphia, we did we expected. So the Marlins and the Nationals. And the Central, Cubs, they don't look very good this year. Pirates, they're going to be where they were last year. Cardinals starting out 2-2 two and two was a little surprising to me. Brewers at 3-1 and one, you know, is tied with the Reds, but... I think the Brewers are top-heavy. They got Woodruff, they have Peralta, they have Burns. Those three pitchers are... It could be the best one, two, three in baseball. I mean, at least arguably. Outside of that, though, their lineup's not deep. Now, you get a bounce back from Jesse Winker or some other guys, they could be dangerous. The Cardinals, I feel like they can hit. Their offense is deep, but they don't have pitching. Pirates are an up-and-coming team. I think they'll be respectable. And then the Cubs have spent a lot of money on trash, and what it looks like so far. The most even division now is in the NL, NL West. I mean, the Dodgers, there's the Diamondbacks who play good, the Giants, the Padres, and the Rockies. I mean, in the opening series, the Rockies took two games from the Padres and won that series. The Giants didn't play very well against the Yankees. They had one good game. The Diamondbacks won a game against the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are still leading at 3-2, and two, but... I think the Diamondbacks are a sleeper team. They have a young core. Young core, good players. I don't know if they'll win it, but I, no. I think the Dodgers take a step back this year. Their lineup's just not what it's been in the past. J.D. Martinez, I mean, that's a good ad, but he's also old. Who knows what's going to do there? It feels like he just replaced two holes. Losing Justin Turner, who may have been the blue to that team. We'll have to see. Now, Trace Thompson, that three-home run game, 
maybe he is a star in the making. They just need to give him time to play. I've always liked him. So in the NL West, I guess what you'd say the Padres, if they get Tatis back and they play, well, they have Xander, who's played well. Yeah. Still have Juan Soto. Still have Yu Darvish on the pitching crew. Chana, yeah. So, I mean, you look around, they're the most talented team in that division at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I don't see anyone touching them. I no. just think they're, they've spent a lot of money to be that good. So, I mean, opening weekend, opening week, I mean, baseball's been fun. And like you said, the changes of the game have helped it. It's actually fun to watch. I mean, okay. it's faster. And the sh- taking away the shift makes more scoring, which makes it better. I know there's teams that are having loopholes trying to loophole the shift so they can still have it that way. But for the most part, a lot of these games have been high scoring. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Especially the the Cubs and the Reds thriller the other day. I yeah. mean, that was a great game to watch. Yeah, that was, what, 3-0 after top first, 3-3 after bottom first, and just back and yeah, forth. Went to 7-6, to six, Reds yeah. at the end. So, I mean, it was, it was great to watch, definitely. Long season, but... Yeah, I don't know about you, but baseball is so long. I get so excited for the first month. And I lose a tiny bit of interest, especially if the Reds are bad. If the Reds are good, I don't lose interest, but if they're bad, I lose interest. And I'll pick it back up around the All-Star game. I'm thinking that this year's change of plan may change that. I may stay interested a little bit longer, not the whole time. But we'll see. It's just all super, I mean, 162 games is a lot of games to watch. The best thing that baseball could ever do and this could, you know, 162 games, like you said, is ridiculous. Nobody's watching 162 games. Now, there's some people that really might, but majority of fans don't have time to watch 162 games of baseball. The best thing for baseball is to cut their season back, end it in August, start playoffs in September. That's right where football starts, so you're not really in the first quarter of football when the playoffs go deep in MLB. You could do that right there and then have the championship or the World Series matchup in the beginning of October and just be done because that cuts down games, but that also – so more people could be healthier, more people not so much fatigued, and then more interest because baseball is coming to its end while football is also opening up. Yeah, it's when football starts, I mean, football rolls, right? So when football starts, baseball disappears. I've watched myself watch a week two NFL game before I had a playoff baseball game on, just because it's the NFL over you know, baseball. Well, then NFL will always be the most dominating sport yeah. in America. It helps because it's what they play seventeen games, so yeah, so that helps a lot. It's just fun, more fast. Every game matters and yeah. stuff like that, and especially to a team that you're tied to. Yep. You've been tied to to a kid. I mean, uh, some people have the same feeling about baseball. When you got 162 games or the NBA, you got 82 games, nobody's watching all these games. And especially baseball's ridiculous amount. Like, they have a game every single day of the week. And while that's great and there are some good matchups, it's long and it's overdreading. And I love watching the Yankees play. I can't watch every single day. People got stuff to do. There's... And they put them at odd times in the day. Sometimes they're at 1 o'clock. Sometimes they're, they're in the middle of the day or late in the evening. Can't watch the West Coast games because they're too late at night. So, Yeah, that whole West Coast is, it just frustrates me. Like, not just baseball, but the championship college basketball game starts at 9.30. On a Monday? On a Monday night at 9.30. You know, I wondered, speaking of that, I wondered, you know, I was talking to a couple friends the other day, and I said, you think, right? If you're going to put the game on late, especially on football, football or basketball, why would you put it on a Monday yeah. at night? Why wouldn't you put that on a Saturday? So why didn't they play the Final Four on Saturday? And then the women have theirs on Sunday, their national championship. And then the next Saturday just do, or next Friday night do, the men's national championship game. Nobody wants to watch that on Monday. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, the women's was set up perfectly. Friday night, great time for semifinals, Final Four. And then a Sunday championship. I mean, I'd rather see a Thursday, Saturday. The only reason I can think that they didn't want to put it next weekend is because the Masters. The Masters is going to be, it's brilliant. And I'm excited to see that. 
we'll get into that in just a second. But for baseball overall, like the changes, like how the season's going, impressed with the Reds, impressed with the Rangers, disappointed in the Mariners a little bit, thought they could have won the Cleveland series. But I'm hoping that you don't get bored too early in baseball. Because like you said, you're excited for about a month, and then it kind of dies away. And then you kind of watch a, you watch it a game every once in a while, and then All-Star break comes out, and then you start watching it a little bit more again. But I'm hoping with the changes that it'll be a lot more interesting this year. And I'm hoping we'll see a lot more underdog teams that'll be surprising right. because that'll bring more light to the game. That, that That is good for the game. You get a team like the Rangers or the Reds or the Twins even, the Orioles, like teams that not notoriously good. Like, I know you're a Yankees fan, but it's boring to watch the Yankees be good every year. It's boring to watch the Dodgers be good every year. The Astros, same thing. Astros, they're boring now. I mean, I have a hard time rooting for, like, the Mets even just because when you throw that much money at a championship, like, anyone can do that. It's fun to watch these teams that don't spend a lot. The Diamondbacks, if they do, end up being good. That's just fun to watch. I'll root for that anytime ever than the Padres, who's probably got the highest payroll in baseball right I like watching the Guardians and the Mariners. Yeah. I mean, definitely two teams I like watching. It's fun to watch. So there'll be lots more baseball to talk. There'll be more discussion on that. So you want to jump into NFL a little bit? Yeah. A little brief discussion. Aaron Rodgers, you obviously heard, to the Jets. He wants to play there. Packers haven't given up anything. They want two first-round picks. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know if the Jets are willing to give that up. Either way, he's getting paid $58 million next year. So... For him joining the Jets, what do you think? Do you think it benefits the Jets or benefits the AFC to an ex- extent that he can win a championship, really, in a realistic scenario? Realistically, champion, the AFC is tough. I mean, it's just brutal. Do I realistically think he wins a championship with the Jets? I don't. I don't think he's got a chance to win it with the Jets in the next two years. I do think they'll be good. They're a playoff team. He's a little past his prime. I mean, we know how old he is. He's definitely past the prime. It cracks me up that he always complains that he doesn't get the receivers, but then his one recommendation for the Jets is to go get the same receivers he had a problem with in the back with the Packers. So, you know, that one, getting in the trade away Elijah Moore and then picking up who was the quarter who the receiver from Packers. Not was it Lazard? Yeah, they picked up Lazard for forty four million. Yeah. Elijah Moore may be better. Exactly. Well, he, he's, he is better. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this subject, you know, so many times with different people, and my overall conclusion it, on it is, would you rather play eight teams or would you rather play three teams? And for exact meaning is, when you look at the AFC as a whole, you've got the Patriots who are going to be better next year. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen's still in that division. Tua, when he's healthy, he's one of the best QBR quarterbacks in the NFL. Then you're looking at Joe Burrow. Then you're looking at Trevor Lawrence in the AFC South. And the AFC West, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson could be a good duo for all we know. Kansas City's still around. Justin Herbert's got Kellen Moore now. And the Raiders got Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, we're talking about, you know, eight or nine teams here that are going to be competing. When you look at the NFC, what are we talking about? The Philadelphia Eagles, the 49ers, and not the Dallas Cowboys. And my, my fact is because Dallas, I don't believe they can make it with Mike McCarthy. I don't believe they can make it with Dak Prescott. Either way, that's just that's my opinion on that. They have a great defense. Dan Quinn's an incredible coordinator. They have an incredible defense. They just don't have a good quarterback or coach. But you look at, across the board, there's, there's two teams. You've got Philadelphia, who's going to be good next year, and you've got the 49ers, who are not going anywhere. Doesn't it benefit Rodgers to stay in Green Bay? You think. I mean, you think that... If you're looking to win a championship, realistically on his side, you're going to want to play maybe one of those teams. He might just see one of those teams in the playoffs. Where then you, if you play in the AFC playoffs, you're going to at least see two or three of those teams. Because I don't see him winning his division. No. I don't. Yeah, I think he's, I don't know if he's if scared's the right word. I think he just is sick of the 49ers beating him. And he knows they're going to be good again. I think that that's his kryptonite. The 49ers always takes him down. I don't know why he thinks it's going to be any better in the AFC because, like you said, that 
the Steelers are going to be better this year. If Lamar does stay with Baltimore, they're good. Cleveland's probably going to be better. There's probably the 10th best team in the AFC is probably better than the 4th best team in the NFC. Exactly. So it's... So, I mean, you just look across the board right there and it doesn't make sense to... I don't understand what he's benefiting. And I also don't understand what the Lions... What, not the Lions, sorry. What the Jets are benefiting here. Because the Lions, for example... Derek Goff is not an overly talented quarterback, but he's a good enough quarterback to where they can build around him and they still have a chance to make playoffs. The Jets have built a pretty good team. Robert Saleh is a pretty good coach, defensive coach as far as we know. Why are we banking on one guy? And I get people are saying, oh, it all matters for the chip. Look at the Rams, dude. The Rams are in a hole they're not getting out of. Nope. I'm surprised Sean McVay's back. Yeah. I'm surprised Aaron Donald's still playing. Matt Stafford, there's a chance he might not play ever again. I mean, he's got a real spinal injury that we don't know if he'll ever be the same. So what does it benefit the Jets to be the Rams again? They've been horrible for a long time. They what, played in one AFC Championship game in 2010 and then weren't any good before that. So football's better when the Lions and Jets are good. But are the Jets willing to throw everything away for a guy who doesn't guarantee you anything? Right. Well, what stinks is the Rams, I, I kind of get their move. They won the Super Bowl. They weren't super young. They were kind of young, but they weren't super young. The Jets are super young with talent. So if you're going to throw all this money at the Allen Lazards and then Aaron Rodgers, and you're going to throw that money in there and then... Aaron Rodgers is going to play, what, two years at the most before he retires. And they're going to have a washed-up Alan Lazard, who's not that good anyways, and a lot of money on the books from horrible players. And you're going to waste the Sauce Gardner. And you're going to waste these other... Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall. Yeah. And you got, what, Zach Wilson to show for it? Yeah. I mean, you think he's going to teach Zach Wilson anything? No. He didn't like Jordan Love. Why would he teach Zach Wilson anything? Aaron's not going to help anybody but Aaron. He's already proved that. There's no help. And what was funny is Brett Favre did the same thing to him. And he threw a fit that Brett Favre didn't help him. And now he's doing the exact... I mean, he's following Brett Favre's career to a T. Yeah. I mean, you go to the Jets. What's he going to do? You go to the Vikings the year after and just mimic Favre completely? And he's he's so indecisive. That's why he lost Devontae Adams. People yeah. don't understand that. Devontae didn't really want to leave. It was, the fact, it was the fact that Green Bay was willing to pay him. Yeah. But he, Aaron Rodgers can't make up his mind whether he's going to play, whether he's going to go in the dark retreat and just, you know, not make his decision, not tell anybody. Like, if I'm the Jets and I'm sitting here as an organization, I'm looking around, I'm going, is that a really good idea to get involved in that? I mean, yeah. can we just trade up for somebody? I mean, they, they have the talent and they obviously have the first-round picks to be able to trade with another team to get a higher pick. Like Atlanta Falcons owner said, I mean, the best, not specific on Aaron Rodgers, but drafting a quarterback, you could pay $20 million at most for five years. Yeah. We're going to pay Aaron Rodgers $60 million and he's not guaranteeing you anything. Right. So I just, I don't know how it benefits him. I don't know how it benefits the Jets. That's my overall perspective on it. I agree, and I think, the, like you said, the Lions are doing it right. So they're building tons of talent around golf. And then you take a flyer with a quarterback in the third or fourth round. And if he works, great. And if he doesn't, you try it again next year. It's not hurting that much draft capital. I mean, there's nowhere there's nowhere else to go but up for them. Yeah. they got nowhere else to go. And I love their coach. Their oh, coach Dan awesome. Campbell. He's a great coach. He's smart. What he did best for the organization and the organization did best for him is he told the organization, you need to give me time. And that's exactly what they did. They gave him time and... He's shown that I'm willing to make the moves to make this team better. And they beat Aaron Rodgers twice last year and held them out of the playoffs. Almost made the playoffs themselves. So. And if they got in the playoffs, they would have been dangerous. Oh, yeah. They, were, listen, they didn't have a very good defense. They had terrible DBs. What they do as soon as free agency hit, they went and got C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Cameron Sutton. I mean, locked up the defensive backs. They're just making moves that they need to make to be able to compete. And I'm not saying for one championship, for many years. Everybody is trying to follow, in a way, they're trying to follow Kansas City. And the fact that they're going to be good every single year. Kansas City's been great consecutively for the last five years. 
that's what teams want to be. Whether you win the Super Bowl or not, I mean, that's hands up all in the air, but it's not like baseball. You can't, you're not going to be able to get the same talent the way baseball or organizations baseball do. Like, they pay for all the talent one year, and then, yeah, it might take a couple more years for others to grow, but they're having a lot of draft, like, through the farming system and going through that stuff. Football is different. Yeah, the Rams weren't in age, but the Rams, they could be bad for the next four or five years. I mean, it really could be that way. And I don't think that's beneficial for Jets fans or for anything going on with the Jets because they've been bad for so long. Who'd want to be that bad again after you just got good? Yeah. I mean, as a fan, do I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But would I rather them be five years in a row of going to AFC Championship game being competitive? I'd way rather that than a Super Bowl. And then bad for 30 years. Yeah. So. I, don't, I, don't want, I don't want to see that anymore. So I would trade the last two years of Bengals for the last two years of Rams. Honestly, mm-hmm. last year's Rams team was horrible. I didn't want to watch. You know, as a Rams fan, do you want to take a chance on Baker Mayfield? Now, the first game he was there was awesome, but yeah, we knew how it was going to be. Yeah, but so that's the Aaron Rodgers discussion. Any thoughts on Lamar Jackson? I mean, one hundred thirty-three million guaranteed from Baltimore's offering. Lamar wants a lot more than that. Nobody's willing to, and I, I understand what they're doing. Nobody's willing to pay this because they want the quarterback market to come down because one owner thought it would be a good idea to pay Deshaun Watson $230 million. Yeah. Any thoughts on Lamar? Is he staying in Baltimore? Yeah. I can see both sides of this. I, I'm more on the Ravens' side than the Lamar side, but I can see Lamar's side too. I think that relationship is just done. I don't see him staying in Baltimore. I don't know where he's going at this point. I know I called the Falcons. I still think that's a good fit, but Arthur Blank has already came out and said multiple times, I'm not paying that money for him. I got a problem with what he really stated. I mean, did you listen to the full statement of what Arthur... He says there's a huge difference between Deshaun Watson and Lamar and their situations. For him going after Lamar and not going... Or going after Deshaun Watson and not going after Lamar, he said Lamar has missed, what, basically 10 to 12 games in the last two years. He goes, Deshaun doesn't miss games. But Deshaun, my problem was Deshaun tore his ACL his rookie year. He missed half a season. And he's missed almost two years because of his off-the-field troubles. So almost, what, three, two and a half years of football he's missed based off his own issues and one because of an injury. And would you rather the guy that was injured or the guy that was suspended by the league for something that he couldn't win to jail and never played again? I don't get to hold Deshaun Watson. I don't get the teams that wanted him. I get he's a good talent, but, man, that's a headache. And he proved last year that maybe this year is better. He wasn't great last year. Jacoby Brissett was better than him last year. So, looking at the benefit of the Falcons, I don't understand what what they're planning on. I mean, they, they drafted Desmond Ritter. I thought Ritter looked pretty decent. I really did. I didn't think he was all that bad for a guy who was thrown in there when Marcus Mariota looked pretty horrible. Yeah. I mean... So I wasn't mad about how he played at the end of the season. The fact is, is that you know he talked about you know, Deshaun and getting Deshaun and this and that, and I'm thinking Lamar is 42 and 15 as a starter. Yeah, he's 42 and 15 as a starter. He's an elite runner. He's an MVP. I mean, he's proven himself over and over again. Now, do I think he should get 230 million now? I mean, I don't think Deshaun deserves. There's only one guy in the NFL I think that deserves at least 230. That'd be Mahomes. But Mahomes and then Burrow would be underneath. Do I think he deserves more, maybe more than Kyler Murray? Yeah, I think Kyler Murray's a headache. Kyler Murray's overpaid. That quarterback market's just ridiculous right now. They, they do need to reset that market. But as a player, I mean, just like a normal person, if I see someone at my job making that amount of money and I know I'm better than them, like Lamar knows he's better than Kyler, wouldn't you want that? So I get where he's coming from. Exactly. Think about him getting more guaranteed, like Daniel Jones getting more guaranteed money than he is. Yeah. And Daniel Jones is pretty horrible, to be honest. Yeah, I've I, always liked Daniel Jones. Oh, man, I can't. I have. I've liked him. 3,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, and five interceptions to 700 yards running this year. That's a good year. That's a good year for a second-year quarterback. That's not a good year for almost a fourth-year starting quarterback. What weapons does he have? 
I mean, this I, is the first time Saquon's been hot, healthy with him. He actually had a good year now. The, the bad part, I mean, Brian Dable is the whole reason Daniel Jones is still playing for the Giants. Yeah, I, I mean, Brian Dable, look what Josh Allen is without him. Josh Allen's been, what, horrible? He was horrible this past year. He was not what Josh Allen was the year before with Brian Dable. Brian Dable is a big impact. Now, for $160 million and $40 million a year, I'm going to need to see Daniel Jones in the playoffs past the second round. Yeah, I think he needs at least, at least in a conference championship one time for in the four years that he's got. I, I want to see that, that one time. Do I think he was that much better than Geno Smith last year? Not really. No, but, and the fact that, he yes, he has legs. He's running, and that's great. And Geno does, ha- does have Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. But I didn't think Slayton played all that bad last year. Slayton's not bad. The biggest issue with that is Daniel Jones. We talk about how the NFC is weak. That division is not weak, though. Like That division is your NFC outside the 49ers. So to make the playoffs out of that division was, was pretty impressive for them. But I agree. He's Geno... I'm worried if Gino can do that again. I'm glad he got paid. As a West Virginia fan, I'm glad he got his pay. I'm glad he got that. I just, I can see some regression over this next year. I think that was a fantasy season. See, I don't see that as much. I see about the same exact season that he had. That's because of Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll proved it with Russell Wilson. I mean, throwing Russell Wilson out the door like he did and saying, Gino Smith can do what you did. And he pretty much did, in a way. And with DK Metcalf, who's a superstar athlete, and then you got Tyler Lockett, who still has the speed. He's still going to be able to throw a lot of yards. Do I think they make the playoffs? I don't know. I really don't. But do I think he, Daniel Jones was a lot better than Geno in the fact that he deserved $40 million? No. Do I think he should have got paid? Of course. $40 million? No. I mean, you, that, that we're talking about $40 million. You're talking about... Joe Burrow, you're talking about Mahomes, you're talking about you know the elite of the elite, the best of the best, and for him to get paid that much, I don't think he's the best of the best, or he has not proven it. And I understand the weapons in that whole scenario, but do I think he? I mean, did you if you said twenty seven million a year, twenty eight million a year, I can get down with that. Yeah, because yeah. he, he would have been he'd end up getting paid again. I mean, right. if he'd have proven himself in the long run, the Giants would have paid him. Yeah. And as much as I like Daniel Jones, I agree, forty million a year. Just ridiculous money. That's that's what's setting this market, and that's why Lamar's not going back to Baltimore because they're not going to budge. He's not going to budge that much. It's just a whole mess in itself. So, yeah, I don't think he'll go back to Baltimore either. You want to jump in either the Masters or the NBA? Which one would you want to go first? I'll say the NBA. NBA? All right, so NBA coming down to the final stretch here. Well, there's two games left technically when this episode is, goes live. So, April 15th, playoffs start. I think it's April what 12th or 11th that the play-in starts. You know, a lot of different changes um, for this year. I'm impressed with Sacramento. I really am. Good coach. De'Aaron Fox has played great. Sabonis, more of a team-style play there. I was impressed with that. I don't think, just talking about the Western Conference in general, I don't. I think Memphis is going to do very good in the playoffs. I got a bad feeling they're going to go down fast. Well, ever since John Moran, even before the gun issue and all that other stuff, when he ran his mouth that he wasn't scared of the West, they've not been the same team since. Dylan Brooks is a headache. What happened to him? Two years ago, he was so much fun to watch. Now he turned into this villain role and thinks he's going to fight everybody. And I don't understand the whole... Attack on Draymond. Yeah. And the fact that, I mean, I get it that he doesn't like Golden State. I get all that. But specifically going after Draymond, who we said this about years ago. I mean, we, we said Draymond, you know, shouldn't talk as much as he does and this and that. But Draymond backed it up. As much as people say, you know, it's Curry and Clay and Durant, it was, he had a lot to do with that leadership role. I mean, you look at the Warriors now. Ever since he really hit Jordan Poole in the mouth. They've not really recovered from that. And so, I don't know. I just don't think Dylan Brooks, they're ready yet. I just don't think they... And obviously, Steven Adams being out, that's that's killing them on the inside. Jaron Jackson Jr. looks good, though. 
Yeah, I mean, for one of the guys who hasn't really done much talking this year, that guy looks good. He does. And Jaws a special talent. He's just – he's got out of what he needs to be doing and not playing basketball like he should. So I guess we could – I mean, as of right now, we don't exactly know who's going to be in the play-in, but if you want, we can we can predict who's going to win the play-in if you want. Right. So I can read you the play-in teams for the East and the West. Yep. We'll start with the East. As of right now, Miami's at the seventh seed. Atlanta's at the eighth seed. Toronto's at the ninth seed. Chicago is at the tenth seed, and that's really going to be the play-in term in the East because the East is not really close from the tenth to the eleventh. And the Wizards have been eliminated. The Magic are about to be eliminated. Everybody else has been eliminated. So, who are you going to? There's two teams that will come out of the play-in tournament. Is there a specific? Well, who do you pick? To come out of the playing tournament. So, you got Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Chicago. The way it's set up, you know, you Miami or Atlanta, one of them has to go in just because they're the first. So I'd say winning that game, I just think Miami beats them. I think Miami gets in. Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is just different. And you know what? I'm gonna take the Bulls winning back to back games to get in with Miami. I agree with you. I really do. I don't think the Raptors are a deep enough team. I love how Zach Levine's been playing, DeMar DeRozan. Not very good on the road, kind of get out of chemistry a little bit. But when they are, Kobe White's been playing good. Patrick Beverly, surprisingly enough, was a good add to that team. He brings a lot of that uh, that physical tenacity to them. And then Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, we both know what they can do. So. And Vucevic. Yes. So, mean, they're clicking. Chicago is an up-and-down team, but when they're on, they're on. Hard to beat. So, yeah, Miami, Chicago will definitely come out. For the western side, we're talking... Wait, let's go back to the east side. Okay. You know the worst team that's going to be in the playoffs? Who? Brooklyn. They're going to oh, yeah. in the playoffs. That's just because KD and Kyrie. And now they're going to just get throttled in the playoffs. And I love Michael Brooks. He's, he's been a superstar since he left Phoenix. But that team is horrible. Oh, yeah, top to bottom. They won't be very good. So, the for the sixth seed, what, they're going to play Philadelphia in the first round? Done. Maybe Philly's going to knock them down easily. For We'll talk about the playoffs a little bit deeper here in just a moment. We'll talk about the west side, though. In the seventh seed, the Lakers, the Pelicans, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Oklahoma State Thunder. Now the western side a little bit closer. Could be Golden State in and Lakers out, so we don't really know what that's going to look. Could be Oklahoma City out, Dallas in, so... We're not too exact sure what the lineup is, but for right now, we'll talk about the four teams that are still remaining in it. Um, so you got Lakers, Pelicans, Timberwolves, Thunder. So, first of all, I don't think the Lakers will be playing in that playoff game because I think they're going to jump the Clippers. I think the Clippers are going to be playing in that playoff game. But with those four, the Lakers, they're playing maybe the best ball basketball in all in the A right now. Number one defense since the trade yeah. deadline. I think the moves they made were great. I think LeBron being back. Anthony Davis is playing in another world right now. So in that scenario, I'm going to go Lakers and T-Wolves. But I love the Thunder. I don't think they do it this year, but I love that team. I love Shy. I, I think Shy is an absolute superstar. I love Josh Giddey. Don't know if they are lengthy enough to beat a team like the Timberwolves, especially Anthony Edwards. Like Anthony Edwards is a sizable shooting guard. And then Rudy Gobert and Towns now coming back is a big piece to that. That's a scary team. Yeah, if you got Towns, that's healthy. Towns has been injured most of the season. Yeah. People don't realize that they lost Carl Anthony Towns early. When they were playing together early, they were actually really good together. So with him being back, could make him more of a threat. So I would agree with you, Lakers and uh, Timberwolves. If it ended up being another way, Golden State will obviously be one of the teams that come out. But – so now I guess talk about playoffs. Uh, if we'll go down, I'll just add in the two teams we yeah. picked. So you would have Milwaukee. We'll start with. You want to just start with each ser- each yeah, game series. series so you got you're gonna have first round. You're gonna have Milwaukee versus Chicago. Uh, closer series than you think, but Milwaukee's coming out of that. And then you're gonna have Boston versus Miami. Jimmy Butler's different. He just is. But Boston's coming out, I think. But it may be like a six-game series. Then you have um, Philly and Brooklyn. You're going to pick Philly easily. Cleveland and New York could get interesting. 
this could be the most interesting series of the first round. Yeah. New York's playing well. They have been playing well. Cleveland is talented. I think, to be honest, it's what Julius Randle shows up. So you watch Julius Randle, some games he looks like a superstar. In some games, he's just not there. So I'll, I'll pick mine anyway. Milwaukee, like Drew Holiday, has been on another level this year. The guy's been playing great. He really became a second piece after Chris Middleton went down. And I think they'll take out Chicago. Giannis is going to take care of business. And then Boston take out Miami. Miami added Kevin Love. That was a good piece to add. But still not a very much point guard play. Love Jimmy Butler. I think he's a star. Just team's not clicking this year. They're not the same as they were the last two years. Boston, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford got a real deep team. So, like, it's almost the same team they had last year. So, they're going to be back in there. Philadelphia, run over Brooklyn, and won't even be close. Cleveland and New York, I like quickly. This guy quickly coming off the bench. R.J. Barrett, I think the biggest key factor is R.J. Because Julius Randle is, he's he's been reliable, but he's consistent in a way that he shows up for every game. He defensively shows up. He might not score, you know, 20. He might score 15 one game and 30 another game. But I think R.J. Barrett, with how his shooting has been, he's got to be consistent in this series. Because Donovan Mitchell is going to be a big piece. But outside of R.J. Barrett, Jalen Brunson has got to be – he's got to be that guy. Yeah, he's got to show up. But – you know, the two times they played Boston this year, New York matches very well against Boston more than Cleveland, but Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, quickly, they all play great against Boston. They beat Boston twice this year. In Cleveland, they're going to have home series advantage. Jared Allen, uh, Darius Garland, who's been playing great. Evan Mobley has been good. They're going to have size on New York, but New York might have guard play. New York's got experience, too, I mean. And I like Tom Thibodeau as head coach. Yeah. Tom. I, I still don't know who I pick. I'd probably go. My heart's telling me Cleveland. My brain tells me New York. Um, I'm kind of rolling with New York just because how Cleveland's looked and the fact that the Knicks are running with momentum. Yeah, they are. They're, what they were the nine or ten seed. Yeah, now they're three games behind Cleveland yeah. in the Eastern Conference, sitting on the fifth seed. So that is our Eastern Conference picks. Now we're jumping to the West, Denver, and either Minnesota or Oklahoma City. I mean, Minnesota. For that matchup, lengthwise, they match up very well. Yeah. Guard play, they don't. Anthony Edwards, obviously, is superior guard play, but you got Jamal Murray, Davis, Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter, who's played great this year, Aaron Gordon, who's had a great year, and Jokic, who's going to probably be the MVP. So. I don't know how Towns and Gobert really match up with Jokic and Aaron Gordon too well. Yeah, I mean. They're not deep. They don't have a very good bench. I want to say the Timberwolves just because that's a fun team, but I just, I don't see them. Not against the Nuggets. Not in the first round, at least. Memphis versus the Lakers. 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 I'd pick the Lakers. Lakers in five. Love Vanderbilt. D'Lo was a great ad. Yep. Rob Palenka deserves a lot of credit for taking Russell Westbrook out of that equation, taking Patrick Beverly out of that equation, adding younger guys in. Austin Reeves been great this Quite year. Austin. Who would have thought that was going to happen? No, who, yeah, exactly. Who would have thought that would have worked out? Vanderbilt's good. Brought a lot of defensive tenacity to that team. AD's on another level. If AD can stay healthy and play this rate, they'll be hard to beat. LeBron. can hit the three. The whole Be- uh, Malik Beasley, yep. great player. Hits, he's a big shooter. LeBron hasn't had a shot back yet, but rebounds, defensive play, drawing out assists. I mean, that's just what he's good at. That's what he's best at. Yeah. So his presence and force there is going to be a problem. Then you have Sacramento and possibly a Golden State Lakers series. So, I mean, I like that game can... They're not being Golden State. I'm going to take a weird take on this one. Golden State is 9-30. and 30. On the road. They are horrible. Sacramento's got to have home advantage. Two games, first two games go to Sacramento. Second two games will go to Golden State. Game five will be back in Sacramento. You'll win game five. Golden State will have game six. Going back to Sacramento in game seven. I'll roll with the Kings. I get they're bad on the road this year, but that's not playoff games. 
D Fox is the most one of the most clutch players in fourth quarters this year. He is. He's fast. He's the fastest player from sideline to sideline. And the Warriors are older. So Curry and Clay's not keeping up with that speed. You have to have Jordan Fuller in a lot more than you want to have Jordan. And Jordan Fuller's a good player, but Curry Curry can man anything. Clay has been inconsistent really bad this year. Draymond's not very good on offense. Jordan Poole has actually been regressed a lot this year. He's not as good as he was. I mean, he was a lot better last year. Yeah, I never. I don't know why they paid him that much money. I didn't think Jordan Poole was amazing to begin with. I thought he was an upgrading player just like I thought Jalen Brunson. But Jalen Brunson has proven a lot more than Jordan Poole has this year. And maybe that's his starting lineup in New York, but still have R.J. Barrett and those guys. I don't – their roster is not as deep as Sacramento's roster. I, I think Sacramento benefits better. Now, you're probably right. Golden State's going to probably win that series. But I would love to see it go seven games with Sacramento. I, I really would. It. Yeah, I'd love to see Sacramento win it. I just <laughs> – and then I can't count them out, you know, until – Then you got the Phoenix Suns and the Clippers. This one's an interesting one for me because – as much as everybody's going to pick the Suns, got Devin Booker, got Durant, Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, TJ Warren. I mean, it's a great lineup. It really is. And Durant's, he's probably the easiest superstar to play with. I mean, he just fits everywhere he goes. I like Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi could be, he could have been one of the greatest players of the generation. It's just that he don't play. I mean, he just sits out a lot. But... I don't know if adding Russell Westbrook helped them at all. Paul George needs to be healthy for them to play. But I like this team, and I, I, I don't know. I just If you watch Kawhi Leonard, just watch him. You don't do a lot of talking. You don't do a lot. Of, but, I mean, he just he's clutch. He's efficiently clutch. I mean, he shoots the ball well. He takes over well. But I don't know how Russell Westbrook benefits them. Chris Paul's obviously going to take care of that. Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they could score 40 in their sleep if they really wanted to. So I'm I'm picking Phoenix and six. I love I love hate with Phoenix. I love Chris Paul. I would love to see Chris Paul get a ring, but I hate the the team build of let's just go get Durant and try to win it that way. I don't like that. I've never liked that. But I also I agree with Kawhi, it's awesome. I'm not Man, I was such a big Russ Westbrook fan, and it's just falling off quick. And I'm just not a Clippers fan. I can't get behind Paul George. I just yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Clippers fan, but I just, I just like Kawhi. That's really it for me. I like Kawhi and uh, Coach Tyloo. Ty, I love Tyloo's coach. I think he's a really good coach. Russ, I have a whole. I got friends that. He'll love him, and I got people that are like me. Russ is good on his own. Yeah. I mean, think about when Paul George and Kawhi didn't play the other night. 36 points, 5-5 five, five from three-point range. He played incredible. Yeah. It He benefits better on his own. And he makes people – he's made players better in his career. I mean, Steven Adams played a lot better. He's made a lot of, a lot of different players better. Does he make the players better to win a championship? No. And – so what would be a good team for Russell Westbrook if I look down the line? For example, the San Antonio Spurs. They would play a lot better under Russell Westbrook. If he was the starting guy, they wouldn't just win 20 games this year. They wouldn't win 20-some games. they win 40 games this year. If Popovich is willing to play that way. Right. Or the Houston Rockets. They, would have been, they wouldn't have won 19 games this right. year. They would have won 30-some games this year. He's, he's beneficial for himself. And he's beneficial for guys who aren't superstars. Guys who aren't winning championships. Russ will be remembered as a triple-double king. He's a great player. I'm trying not to take anything away from him. A championship scenario? No. He's just, he's not, his style of play is not built for it. And nobody knows how to mix him in right. And I don't think he knows how to mix himself in. Right. right, In the right culture for that. I agree. I used to think, oh, Russ could succeed anywhere. He's a star. He's not. And he's a star, like you said, on his own. He can make a guy. He's good with another big that doesn't care about scoring, like a Stephen Adams. Perfect. He can make a Stephen Adams great because he can 
Adams can get open dunks off of good passes or his misses, but he can't play with another superstar. He's proved that too many times. That's why I thought it would work with the Lakers when they finally put him on the bench and let him come in and play when AD and LeBron needed breaks because he could play that way, but he didn't have enough. You don't have enough time in a game to play that way when you have an AD and a LeBron because they're going to be out there for 30 plus minutes, so there's not enough time for any of that. No, so, yep, I don't. And PG, let's just talk. PG had all the potential in the world to be one of the best superstars in the NBA. I remember when he Indiana. I knew he got hurt and he broke his leg. His best season was with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Yep. That was the best I'd ever seen him. And he's just, ever since he's been with Kawhi, I don't think Kawhi knew exactly how this was going to go. Because when Kawhi was, won the championship in Toronto, he was in Oklahoma City. And he was playing great. And he's thinking, you know, I'm going to pair up with Paul George and we're going to be... And Paul George has never lived up to that moment again. And I know people say, well, he's got to sacrifice. Not really. He's the second best player on the team. And Kawhi, he, yeah, he's going to take his shots. But Kawhi's not in every single game. Kawhi's not in every single minute. Paul George is in for a lot of those minutes, and he's he just never has taken over again. And Kawhi's a superstar that doesn't need the ball in his hands the whole game. No. He'll play defense and score you 15 points and still take the game completely over. You're right. Paul George just has every chance in, with the Clippers to be – that's the one place I can see two superstars working. Because Kawhi is such a weird kind of superstar, fits his own bucket. But Paul George never took that over. I guess that's the one thing you can give credit to LeBron James for, is letting AD have his moment. And AD has given his moment. Even though AD deals with injuries and stuff, he's given his moment. Paul George doesn't, he doesn't take that moment. And when they need him the most, he's not there. It's always Kawhi having to come save the day. I, they can't win a championship with a roster constructed, Paul George playing the way he is, and Kawhi Leonard scoring 40-plus a game. Yeah. You're not going to beat Phoenix. Durant's just going to take that from you. Yeah. Booker's going to take it from you. So that's our overall picture for the first round. I don't know who's going to match up in the second round. Couldn't tell you at the moment, to be honest with you. Yeah, but, I mean, ultimately, if we're looking, uh, jumping past the second round, we're just looking at who we think is coming out. If you want, if, if you want to mention who's going to be in the finals, you can, or the conference finals, go right ahead. I do think Boston comes out of the East again. That's my heart doing that probably because I just love Joe Missoula in there. I like Tatum. I like Brown. Marcus Smart's grown on me a lot. Al Horford, and then out of the West, it's probably just me like LeBron, but I just think they're playing really well. I can see in Boston, LA or finals. I don't know. Eastern Conference has got me all mixed up because I like Giannis. He's a great player. Boston's deep. And we've been waiting on the 76ers forever. And it all depends on James Harden for the 76ers, not Joel Embiid anymore. Because we know what Joel Embiid's going to do in games. I think coming out of the East, it's going to be Milwaukee. And I think because they take it personal. And the fact that they truly believe that if Middleton's there last year, Boston never move reaches the NBA Finals. Yeah. They never go seven games. Because Giannis and Drew Holiday took it over on, on their own. So I could see Milwaukee coming out of the East. It's probably going to be Boston out of all of them, but I could see Milwaukee doing it. And out of the Western Conference, I'm, it's Phoenix or LA for me. I mean, I don't, I don't see Denver doing it. I definitely don't see Memphis or Sacramento coming out. I don't see Golden State coming out and none of the other teams coming out. It's Phoenix or the Lakers, and that's going to be the conference championship right there. It's going to be L.A. and Phoenix. And I do think Denver has an outside shot. I just think they're deep and joking to joking. So. I mean, I, they have an outside shot, but when you look across the board, they have not played too well. Since the All-Star break, the, the Lakers are defensively the best team in the NBA. And AD and LeBron, with the team they've constructed, is, is, they're a great team. Phoenix, they're loaded with a guy, Chris Paul, who's smart. He doesn't have to score any points. He's just smart. He knows how to facilitate offense. 
Devin Booker, who I think has been wanting a championship and is hungry for it. DeAndre Ayton is a big guy in the middle. TJ Warren is a good defensive player, and we all know what Durant is. I mean, Durant can do everything. Do I think that for a Denver team that that matches well? Not really. Uh, Still need a lot to see from Jamal Murray. Still need to see more from Aaron Gordon. We've already seen what we need to see from Porter and uh, Jokic, but Denver's got a shot. They have the best shot of uh, out of any other team, but Phoenix and Lakers for me. I, I can't. I can't really make a selection right now. When you said about Milwaukee, I do think they take a lot more stuff. Not only last year personal, but this year because they're the first. They're number one seed, but no one talks about them. It's always yeah. They'll talk about Giannis, but they don't talk about Milwaukee's team. They talk about Sixers, and they talk about... The Boston Celtics. Celtics, and they even talk about the Knicks, because it's New York. So those are the teams that are getting talked about. Um, nobody, re- nobody remembers that Giannis is an NBA champion. Yeah, he's champion. He's MVPs. He did come back from 2 nothing on the Phoenix Suns yeah. and win four straight to win the NBA Finals. I just don't think nobody... Everybody treats him like kind of like Joel Embiid. Never won when he has. Well, let me ask you something about Joel Embiid. So, the dude jumps in to the favorite to win the MVP, right? So, Vegas books shoot him up as the favorite. He goes to play Denver, where he has a chance to stamp the MVP. He sits out. And there's no injury. He plays the next night. Well, what do you think about that? I think that Joel Embiid truly believes that he's not going to get it. And the fact that you could score multiple 40-point games in this year, and he has. You could play as well as he has. You know, he's changed his entire facilitation in the game because of Doc Rivers. Joel B doesn't really take much three-pointers anymore. He's physical. He gets rebounds. He's scoring a whole bunch of points. The problem is the stat sheet. Jokic's stat sheet is a triple-double. He's been averaging it for three years almost. When you're going to look across the board at your stat sheet, if you're not averaging a triple-double, you're not going to win it. Jokic has the number one team in the West, and he has a triple-double. And he's playing with three other consistent superstars. I mean, there's not much more you could say about the guy. And the thing is, Joel Embiid is extremely athletic. Jokic isn't. Jokic, he just outthinks the game, the way he plays the game. I mean, for to average what? 12 rebounds, 11 assists, and 25 points a game. I mean, there's not much more you could say. Do I think Joel Embiid is in an incredible center? Yes. But do I think he want, will he take matchups like that? Yes. But to make a stamp on the MVP, I don't, th- I don't think it matters. And I, I, Because everybody, as people have talked about him winning it, everybody's also shoved him off to the side. Yeah. But I think when Vegas puts you that favorite, you have your chance. He goes in there, and you're right, he doesn't have to assist. But if he can throw up a 40-point, which he's done multiple times, 15-rebound game, and win against Jokic, I don't think it matters what number Jokic puts up, you just stamp the MVP. But instead, he sits out, and Jokic shoots right back to the favorite because he threw a triple-double down against your Sixers team. I think it was early in the season they played, they played Denver before. MB played, and he did average 40. And the fact that what came out of that game was Jokic. It was never really about Embiid. And the NBA, the voters and everything, they dispute the whole MVP race based on record stats. I mean, if you really want to have a conversation about it, there could be there's conversation about Luka, Giannis, I mean, look at look at what Giannis has done this year too. Yeah, Giannis is in it. Luca was. You could have, you could have had you could have had a conversation about Damian Lillard. Yeah. I mean, Damian Lillard had a great year, despite what the Portland Trailblazers being thirty three and forty five. It doesn't matter. He had a great year. He averaged thirty five a game. I mean, he was at one point averaging the most points out of everybody in the league. There, Honestly, Donovan Mitchell should be. In that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of people that debatably have this argument. But the fact is, it matters on two things, and it matters on winning, and it matters on stats, the way your stats line up and play. 
and I don't think it's fair. I don't either. I love Jokic. I do think he is an MVP talent. Man, I just wish Embiid would have played that game. That was probably the most excited. Besides, check, I like. I still check the Lakers score. I like to watch it. But I was so excited to watch that matchup and see if Embiid could really stamp that, and he sits out. I was. I don't think I've been that frustrated outside of like playoff basketball. Joel Embiid is is a great center. Changes game. He looks great. I think this year, and this is why I was hesitant on the Eastern Conference, he could shake up the Eastern Conference. He's He has to prove something now. Like I said, it relies on Harden. Harden has got to be the other guy. Harden cannot, I don't care about the assist. I don't care about the rebounds. He has got to score more than 21 points per game. You're not beating Boston scoring 21 points per game. Tyrese Maxey has got to step up in the playoffs. Joel Embiid has done everything for this team. And he has to prove that he's going to win a championship now. And you're right. James Harden, those rebounds James Harden get, they're trash rebounds. Embiid could get those same rebounds. I mean, he, he's, a great, he's in a great assist leader. He's a great yeah, facilitator. Great. I'll give him the credit for that. He's been facilitating the ball for them all year long. But in the playoffs especially, 21 points a game for him is not going to cut it. When Joel Embiid's averaging 40. Tyrese Maxey is averaging 20 points per game. We need that to jump to 25. And people say, well, that's crazy high numbers for them. Boston is going to score insanely high numbers. Giannis is not slowing down. They're going to score high numbers. Everybody below the the, the 1-2 spot, you could debatably score less than 21 points per game for James Harden and Tyrese Maxey. But for Boston and Milwaukee specifically, no. And that's because Milwaukee's lengthy. They can score fast. Grayson Allen's a big key step up this year. Drew Holiday's played great. If they had Chris Middleton, who I wish would play better, if they had him, they'd be unstoppable. Boston, all the way around. I mean, you got Jason Tatum, who should have been more in the MVP conversation this year. He dropped off after the trade deadline because Boston played bad in, like, three consecutive games. That's what I'm saying. The MVP... Is so up. It's so wishy washy. I mean, Luca played great this year, and they still wishy washy him out of that. So, for him, for Boston, you're looking around. You got Jalen Brown, who's underrated. I mean, he has played a great season for them. Al Horford's still there. You got Marcus Morris. You got we got Robert Williams too. I mean, you got a great team around you, and for Joel and people forget about him. Exactly. So for Joel Embiid. Losing to losing to Kawhi in Toronto in 19 with Ben Simmons. Then Ben Simmons goes off the rails last year. They played horrible. You get James Harden last year. And obviously, James Harden didn't play well because chemistry wasn't there. You've now got Tyrese Maxey, who's grown up a little bit more. He's finally come back. James Harden's there. It's time to win. And I, that's why I, when I first mentioned to you, Eastern Conference, I'm hesitant about it. Because Joel Embiid really could go seven games and beat somebody. He could take Boston seven games. I think the only team he'd have real trouble with is Milwaukee. That's because the length. But they also have dominant guard play. So that benefits them in their factor. Joel Embiid would have a harder time against Milwaukee than he would against Boston. That's where James Harden has to come in. If you're going to play Milwaukee, you're going to have to be better than Drew Holiday. You're going to have to be better than Grayson Allen. Will he be? We'll see. But I understand your point about Joel Embiid and Jokic. You want to see the matchup. I get it. Everybody wants to see that matchup. Two MVP rate, two MVP guys going at it. But at the end of the day, do I think it defines his entire season on how Joel Embiid has played for one game against Jokic? No. Yeah, I don't think it defines it. I just think it could have put a stamp on it. It could have put a stamp. But at the end of the day, if Jokic consistently keeps averaging that that triple-double, he's won the last two MVPs. He, why can't he win this one? And he's got the best record in the West. And everybody's picking him to go to the finals. That's the biggest stamp on Jokic right now. It's not winning three MVPs anymore. It's about, you, you win three MVPs, you've got to win a chip at one point. Yeah. we we got to make it to the conference finals. That's the whole goal for him. I don't think it's winning the MVP anymore. He's just, he reminds me a little bit of Larry Bird and the fact that he's not very athletic. He just outthinks everybody else. Yeah. And he, that makes him great. Joel Embiid is so athletic, he relies on it. 
his shooting's better, his rebounding's better. But that's that is what it is for that's. I get I know it's a long soliloquy about you know Joel Embiid, but that's what I think about it because I love the guy, and I think he's got to prove himself. But I think he's already proven himself. Outside of the championship, he's proven that he could be an MVP. Jokic just takes it from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Man, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same. It's the same way I feel about Kawhi. You play in the Lakers. Uh, hello, can you play? Yeah. We know you're not injured, dude. Get on, get out there. I mean, you want to see the everybody wants to see the greatest matchups in all sports. I don't care if it's football. I don't care if it's you know soccer, basketball. I don't matter what it is. Golf. I mean. Everybody wants to see the greatest matchups. Sometimes it doesn't happen, and that's the worst thing that's happened to the NBA is the fact that they sit out. I, and I love that new rule we're going to try to put in where you can't win awards or anything without playing, what, 65 games was that? How many, how many players – I don't know. Maybe you told me this. I can't remember. How many players have played uh, the full season this year? Do you know? Out of all the players in the NBA, how many? I've played a full season. Julius Randle's one of them. Nicole Bridge is going to play 83 games this year, which is a pretty cool stat. But I, there can't be more than five. Nine. nine. There's been nine guys. That's pathetic. Yeah, so you have Bridges, Randle. Is any of them like big names? Smaller names? Yeah. No superstars. That's what's sad about it. You didn't see Jordan, Kobe, and all them doing that. Long story short, it, it's sad. But that's what that's what the NBA is, and I think it's sad that you know you have eighty two games and fans come pay to see you and you don't come to the games. Yeah. I mean, that's just miserable. That's why I'm starting to really like Mikhail Bridges. You play eighty three games because of the trade. Kind of like Julius Randle. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges has never missed a basketball game in his whole NBA career. Yeah, that's insane. That's crazy. He's been in the league what five years now. Mm-hmm. Never missed game. He was upset when he got traded that he had to miss the first Nets game because he couldn't get there in time. That's what. Uh, that's why I respect Julius Randle in the Knicks this year because he played all season. Yep. He's played every single game this season. I respect players who do that. Even if I don't care if you're, Julius Randle doesn't have to put up thirty. He don't have. He could put up ten and ten rebounds. Yep. He was there and kids got to see him play. I mean that's what mattered at the end of the day. He was there and these guys just these superstars. Kyrie Irving, Luka, LeBron, AD, Kevin Durant, all of them. Everybody wants to see those guys. Yep. And when you don't get to see them, that's not fun. That's why I love the mentality of Jordan and Kobe. It was, for Kobe, it was, he remembers, you know, sitting up in the bleachers when he was a kid watching, you know, some of the NBA players that were playing. And he, feel, he felt the same, he felt he had to show the same respect for the kids that were sitting up in the rafters like he was as a kid. Watching him play, he had to be there. The only time he wasn't there when he was injured, that was it. Yeah, I get some players sitting out. I can get LeBron sitting out occasionally. He's in his forties. Yeah, but some of these guys, I don't get it. Like I don't get Kawhi. A Kawhi sitting out. I don't get a Devin Booker sitting a game out. A Jason Tatum sitting. I mean, Jason Tatum's like what twenty five or thirty. Yeah, like you don't need to sit out. John Moran. I mean, yeah, any of these guys. So that is that is what that is. Well, it was great having you on here, man. Hope we get to do this again sometime, man. And we'll maybe here a couple months jump, talk about what's going on here in a couple months in baseball and stuff like that. Talk about a little bit NBA playoffs and stuff. Anyway, thanks for coming on, man. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Join in tomorrow for Sports Talk Saturday with Matt DeLong. And we'll see you guys later. Take care. (laughs) 